Well, good morning. It's good to see you once again, and uh, thank you for your presence today and uh, sharing in this time of worship. And what an exciting time that this is and a time a week as we share together and uh, just pray God's blessings upon you this week and into this very special season as we celebrate the birth of our Savior and continue to give thanks each and every day. If you're traveling this week, pray God's traveling mercies upon you and your family and for others that may be traveling their way to you, and just pray God's blessings uh, in enduring this time. Well, one of the encounters near the end of Christ Jesus' earthly ministry gives to us a, a formula for putting thanksgiving into our lives into such a way that the result brings wholeness and purpose to our life. I invite you to take your Bible this morning and ask that you turn again to the New Testament, to the Gospel of Luke, to Luke chapter 17. And I want to begin in verse 11 this morning and read of this particular story of this incident in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ of ten men and one man especially and to see together one who gives thanks. Luke chapter 17 verse 11. Luke tells us that while traveling to Jerusalem that Jesus passed between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, ten men with serious skin diseases, we know that to be that of leprosy, that they met him. Now they stood at a distance. They raised their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And so when Jesus saw them, he told them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And while they were going, they were healed. But one of them, seeing that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice gave glory to God. He fell face down at the feet of Jesus, thanking him, and he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus said, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Didn't any return to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he told him, Get up and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. He is facing that of the cross of his very death. And as he passed through the regions of Samaria and Galilee, he enters a village encountering ten men who are lepers with a dreadful skin disease. And these ten men begin to call out in a loud voice, crying out for mercy. Jesus spoke healing to them. And then he sent them to show themselves to the priest, that they were made well. Out of the ten, only one of them returned to give thanks to God. And Jesus asked a penetrating question. Where are the nine? 
were not ten cleansed? The response to these ten men with this dreadful skin disease, I believe, shows us, and what I'll do is just show you this in the next few moments, of three actions that we all should take. Look at these if you would. Action number one says this. It says to get up. This has to do with fortitude, courage, strength. If we don't, then we may miss the master. Now, look at the picture. See the picture. Jesus is headed to Jerusalem. He passes through this village. He's met by ten men with leprosy. Now, they evidently had heard the reports, the stories of how Jesus had touched lepers, as Jesus had healed them and made them whole. But verse 12, Luke tells us that these ten men, they stood at a distance from the Lord Jesus because they could not get close to the Lord Jesus. Now, the Levitical law isolated lepers from social contact. They were forbidden to come within six feet of a whole person. Uh, It said that if the wind was blowing, uh, uh, they couldn't come within 50 yards of a whole person. If someone inadvertently approached them, uh, they were commanded to shout, unclean. So why did these lepers, what did these lepers do when Jesus was passing by? They got up. This showed a great amount of fortitude, of courage, and and strength. And they began to shout, not in unison, but all together, just at random, shouting, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now, you look at this and you think, you know, they could have sat there in their hopeless state, in their hopeless condition as Jesus passed by, but, but they didn't. And you look at them. They're all alike. They're all lepers. They, they all have this dreadful disease. They all suffer from this same dreadful disease. If you've ever read anything about lep- leprosy, uh, it's known in our day and time as the Hansen's disease. Uh, uh, they've got a hold of it because men can, men and women, boys and girls can be cured of leprosy and and with this, but, uh, you know, it's kind of like it was with COVID that, uh, you know, if you sneeze, you could sneeze on someone. Someone could get leprosy or someone coughed or someone did this or that in the wrong direction. Then, then that person could contract leprosy. Well, what leprosy does is, is that it just slowly eats away at the body. First of all, erasing facial features right at first. And then something happens to the fingers, that that the hands are are frozen into claws before they they fall off. Uh, The feet are filled with sores and become bandage stumps before they're left behind. And it is said that getting near a, a, a leper, that the odor of a leper was nauseating. So the leper had no competitor. 
He suffered the fate of a long, slow, agonizing death, lived out somewhere isolated in some leper colony, isolated from family and from friends, no social uh, social contact at all, that he was an outcast. He was shut off. A leper in the first century was always simply an abandoned bit of human wreckage, living with no hope. But it seems that these ten men had a desperate determination to live. They were desperate. They were not going to let this moment pass by. And though the future seemed bleak, these men refused to give up. And and when they hear that Jesus Christ is passing by, they all go out to see Him. And they appeal to Him for help. Now it's interesting... You notice here, it's interesting that that they did not appeal for justice. They appealed for mercy. They didn't ask Jesus to bless them on the basis of, of what they deserved. They cried out for mercy. You know, God God gives to us what we do not deserve, doesn't He? God gives His grace, He gives His mercy. But I don't know about you, but I find that there's some folks out there that just live in constant defeat because they're holding out for justice. Uh, Perhaps someone has wronged you and and you harbor resentment. And and what happens is is that you've just harbored this resentment, this uh, bitterness for years. and, And you want justice. Well, justice belongs to God. You turn that over to Him. Truth will always win out. Our plea should always be, should be one of mercy. So here's the Lord Jesus. He's passing by. And here were ten men who get up with fortitude, with courage, and they did not miss the Master. Now, is someone here sitting beside the road this morning, here in this room, Uh, Time and time again, Jesus Christ has passed by, but uh, you never call out to Him. It may be in your life at home or at school or at work, and you sense the very presence of God, and you've never called out to Him. Or, or, Or maybe you sought comfort in those around you, or you sought comfort in, in other things, other substitutes to bring you comfort. But what happened in the end is that it only brought misery and heartache and loneliness to your life. Well, in desperation, dear friend, it's time to get up. This has to do with courage, with strength. And you're coming to the Savior because if you don't, You may miss the Master. You may miss the Lord Jesus Christ as the door is open for you today. Now, you notice that not only do these men, do they get up. Action number two says this. They get out. This has to do with attitude. Now, if you don't, we may miss the miracle. Now let's go back and look at the picture again. The ten men. Jesus, have mercy on us. 
The ten men obey the Lord Jesus. He says, you go sow yourselves to the priest. So the ten men obey, which is evidence of the fact that, that they believed. And we see an unbelievable attitude here. You know, they're not healed yet, are they? Uh, they were not healed at this point. While heading to the priest, they were still lepers. Now, when a leper was healed, a leper was to show himself to the priest after he had been healed. Now, it took faith. You see this? Great faith for these men to act in obedience to God's Word and to go show themselves to the priest while they were still lepers. Now, Luke says that he saw them. It doesn't say then that Jesus said, come to me. Or it doesn't say that Jesus went to them. It doesn't say that in another uh, gospel writing in Mark chapter 1, where Jesus reached out and he touched a leper and healed them. No, Luke says that he saw them. He said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went... They were cleansed. Now, this immediately presented a problem for these ten men because the law, according to Leviticus chapter 13 and 14, said that only cleansed lepers were to go to the priest. Now, to hear this command is one thing. To get up and get out with nothing left for faith in Jesus' word is a, is a whole other ball game. Implicit in this command was that if they went, that they would be healed. Now, at this point, they are still lepers. So it all comes down to one simple fact that the only way, the only way to test the value of Christ Jesus, of his words, is to obey them. Obey what the Bible says. So they take Jesus at his word And they get out. Now, what an attitude of faith. Now, you see the picture here? Uh, They they start to walk. And all of a sudden, maybe one of them says to the other one, Do I look different to you? And the other one says, Well, you know what? I was going to say the same thing about you. Ask the same question. Have you looked at your hands? Have you looked at your fingers? Maybe one of them says, boy, my feet feel different. I can feel my toes. My feet don't hurt. And all of a sudden they start to walk and all of a sudden something miraculous happens. That they begin to look different. They get up, they got out by faith at the word of Christ when they had not seen what was going to happen yet. Now, folks, I want to tell you something. Most of us live right here in these verses, right here in this part. We have God's Word. Hmm. We just hadn't seen it yet. We're walking. We're not going to stop at just getting up. Nope. We're going to get out. And too many lepers never start walking until they can see it. 
that they've got to see as uh, that's not what faith is, though, is that is uh, is just believing in His Word. And so those who just want to see it, they, they spend their lives with no hope and without God. There's an old song we used to sing, B.B. McKinney, that wrote this song, Have Faith in God When Your Pathway is Lonely. That he sees and knows all the ways that you've trod. Never alone are the least of his children. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. He's on his throne. He cannot fail. He must prevail. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. So verse 14 says in the middle there, as they went, they were cleansed. If you have a pen, have a marker there, you might want to just mark that little phrase, they were cleansed, because that is what we refer to as the passive voice, leaving us no doubt that it was Almighty God who performed the miracle. All of them, on the way to the priest, as they went, they were cleansed. Now think about it. All they had was the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. All they had was the promise of God. They walked in faith and obedience. Well, true faith is going to be seen, yes, in our obedience. Complete obedience. Before every great miraculous work of God, uh, He moves us out where all we have is His promise. Well, this is the faith life. As they went, have those words been spoken of you? Uh, you? You might have gotten up. You might have called out for mercy. But did you get up and did you get out and walk in obedience to God's Word? Well, had they not done this, that they would have missed the miracle. Now look at the ten lepers on the way to the priests. They're clean. Fingers, toes, face, body, all clean. All they had to hold on to was the Word of Jesus. They did, and He was true to that Word. They got up. They got out in faith. Now, what about you? But here the likeness ends. Action number three says this, get back. This has to do with gratitude. If we don't, we may miss the moment. Now stand with them again. They're on the road for a moment. They look at themselves and all of a sudden they realize that they're, they're clean. Amazed, they may begin to weep. They may begin to hug one another because they're clean. Now, it, it, it's an assumption on my part, okay? Let's let this be on me and not on you. It's an assumption on my part. But, uh, you know, you just kind of wonder. On their way to the priest, do you think... Uh, one of them said uh, to the others, um, you know, I, I haven't held my wife in months. Oh, I've missed her. A moment later, we look and uh, he's running down the road to his house to, to see his, his wife. 
another one says, he says, you know, he says, uh, about 10 months ago, he says, um, I had a baby boy. And I haven't been able to hold my newborn son. And all of a sudden, he too is gone. Maybe another one says something like this. He says, you know, I I haven't been to my shop, to my business in, in almost a year or two now. And then he's off and running. And one by one, they're all gone. And, you know, you just wonder if they ever made it to the priest. But no, there's still one left standing in the road all alone, just one out of the ten. The other nine are are never heard from again. Do you get that? Now, they, they got up, they got out, but they never got back. So you look at one solitary man who who stands in the road. Uh, He also may have been looking down the road towards his house, towards his family, towards those that loved him dearly, and he wanted to see them so. And He has a family, he has a business, and he has friends, but something is more pressing in his life. He has to get back. He has to get back to Jesus. This has to do with gratitude, with thanksgiving. Because if he doesn't, he may miss the moment. Now, is there someone on that road today? Once you were in a crisis, once you've gotten up, once you called out for mercy, Once you got out and you walked in faith, but when the blessing came, you forgot to get back with thankfulness, with gratitude, and in so doing, you missed a moment, a very important moment. Now look what Luke says. Go back, if you would, to uh, chapter, uh, chapter 17 again and to verse 15. Luke says, but one of them, seeing that he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice gave glory to God. He then fell face down at the feet of Jesus, thanking him. And then Luke adds that last sentence. And he, this man, was a Samaritan. And one of them, I'm sorry to say that we don't know his name. He's simply referred to as one of them. His name is never left for us. He belongs to that vast company of people who who live their beautiful lives and, and do their worthwhile work without ever telling who they really are. And we don't know his name. But but I believe he's shouting to us today to get back. Thankfulness and gratitude to God that if we don't, we we may miss the moment. And so you look at him. He he returned and praising God in a loud voice. Oh, why was he so demonstrative? Why, Why the demonstration being loud and giving this praise? Oh, I tried to put myself by his side on that road. And as I read this passage, and I read it over and over again, this story, I thought, you know, would I have stood alongside him? 
Uh, would I have been one of these that just came up and just put my arm around him and tried to calm him down? Huh? You know, there's some that are not comfortable with loud doxologies. Some that are not comfortable with loud hallelujahs. Well, guess what? That's my loss, not his. For some of us, it's been too long since we felt the touch of the Master's hand. Why is it that so many of us are, are like the, the ten who call on the Lord Jesus Christ and when we're in a time of need and so few of us know so much about praise and thanksgiving? Well, this man, when he was healed, he came back praising God in a loud voice. And now he threw himself at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Now, do you see the difference here? Back in verse 12, they stood at a distance. They couldn't get near the Lord Jesus Christ. But now we see this man at the feet of the Lord Jesus. That's what healing, that's what cleansing will do for you. And Luke adds, and he was a Samaritan despised, an outcast of the Jewish community. The he is emphatic. That is, he was a Samaritan. Here was a man distant to the covenant promises of God. He was like the woman of Samaria. He was like the man on the Jericho road. Here we see the missionary heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then Jesus asked three rhetorical questions designed to cause us to be reflective on this particular encounter. (laughs) Were not all ten cleansed, Jesus asked? Well, yes. Where are the other nine? Uh, The question in the Greek language is emphatic and literally reads the nine where? Jesus was not asking for an answer. He was making an observation. The other nine that had left had missed the moment. And he then asked, has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? I wonder, would we find ourselves in the company of the nine? Oh, one time we we got up and we got back and we got out, but... uh, Then we went on our way, never got back when the blessing came. Well, why didn't the other nine return? Uh, Did they feel they deserved this miracle? Uh, Human nature has a way of always of us uh, claiming our rights, our own rights, our sense of entitlement. And when I see men and women who live their lives in sin and shame, with guilt and defeat written across their face, written all over their life, do I deserve, I have to ask, to have been forgiven by the grace of God? Well, the answer is simple. I deserve none of this. It is all the unmerited favor and grace, God's grace. Jesus still asks, where are the nine? Are any of the nine listening to this message today. Then Jesus said to this one, Rise and go. Your faith has made you and will continue to make you well. The important fact here is this, is that the Lord of the universe wants to be thanked. 
Tucked away in the book of Hebrews, in the very last chapter of the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 15, are these two verses. The writer says, Therefore, through him, let us continually offer up to God a sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of our lips that confess his name. Don't neglect to do good and to share, for God is pleased with such sacrifices. Grace works in surprising places. Only the Samaritan heard Jesus say, your faith has made you well. He became whole on the inside as well as the outside. The other nine hurried away. But this man was declared whole, well, by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. These men were to go to the priest to show themselves whole and well. This man went before the great high priest in Jesus Christ who ascended into the heavens. Are we that far removed from this scene? The disease of sin is far more dangerous than leprosy. Uh, Like other diseases, one destroys the body, but sin destroys body and soul. The Samaritan was twice blessed, healed in his body, saved in his soul. It is desperation that may bring you to the Lord Jesus Christ, but dear friend, it is gratitude that's going to keep you there with praise and thanksgiving. This season, this time, as we even approach the time of celebrating the birth of why our Savior came. What's what's it going to be for your life and mine? Are you going to get up? Will you get out? But the real question is, will you get back? May we begin to lead others back to our place at the feet of our Lord Jesus Christ. Years ago, a well-known pastor filled in for a wonderful preacher by the name of Dr. Phillips Brooks. Dr. Brooks was pastor in Boston, Massachusetts. And so after the supply preacher started to walk to his hotel, uh, he needed directions from the church to the hotel. And so uh, he asked a man behind, behind him the way. And the man behind the preacher, he said, why, why, why you're the preacher that I just heard. He said, I, I, I know your voice. He said, I, I am blind. But he said, I can show you the way. I can take you to the door of your hotel. Well, the preacher just said no. He said, just, just tell me how to get there. But the blind man insisted. He, the, the man just said, please don't refuse me the pleasure of helping you. He said, I seldom have the opportunity to, to help someone, and, and everyone is so kind to me. So here is this preacher, here is this blind man that just walked arm in arm for ten minutes, and the blind man showed the preacher to his hotel. Before parting, the blind man said to this particular preacher, he said, Sir, he said, I live alone. He said, uh, I can go about the streets without a guide. He said, I am thankful for my blindness. 
Because he said, I have so much quiet time, so much time for, for quiet meditation, listening, and talking to Almighty God. He said, one of these days, he says, there will be time enough in heaven for me to see everything. Have you taken the time to thank the very source of your blessings and our loving Heavenly Father? Stop to thank and worship Him who made you whole, who gave you abundant life. God looks for our thanks. You may be one today that you're sitting by the road desperate. And you've tried other things to bring joy to your life, to find direction and purpose. But none has worked. And today in your heart and life, as the door is open, as you are here today, that you would call out to the Lord Jesus. The Bible says that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And you can call upon Him today to save you and to give you new life, the new life in in his name today. If you want to learn more about how to do so, you know, you can talk to me, you can talk to Brother Brett, you can talk to Alan, one of us today. That you have questions about your faith. Are you being obedient to the Lord today? Have you followed the Lord Jesus and being obedient in believer's baptism? Are you being obedient as you get up, but you're getting out and yet you have the promises of God and to walk by faith? Believing in His name and honoring and living for Him each and every day. For all of us, are you getting back to give thanks? Every day of our life is it ought to be a day of worship, of praise and thanksgiving for all that God has done in and through our lives. Do so today. God looks for our thanks. Father, we thank You, Lord God. We are so thankful, Lord, that, uh, Father, that in our own sinful condition, that, Lord, for many today, that we called out to you to save us and to give us new life, life everlasting. And we thank you, Father, for this new life, Lord, that if any be in Christ, that he or she is a new creature, that the old has passed away, that all has become new. And so, Lord, today I pray for those today that may not know Christ, and, Lord, today that they too will come to know him and to follow the Lord Jesus Christ as his, as a disciple, as a faithful follower. Others of us today, Lord, are there where we have heard your word many a time. And, Lord, we ask forgiveness because there's been moments and times we've been disobedient to your word. Help us, Lord, as we believe that we walk by faith, And we'll seek to be obedient to honor you. That, Lord, there's a lot of things we haven't seen and a lot of questions that we have. But, Lord, we're going to continue to trust in you. Father, that it will always be, Lord God, that our life will be filled with praise and thanksgiving. We will get back and we won't miss the moment. Lord, that as we do so, Father, that we'll express with a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving. Lord, for all that you've done in and through our lives, for every spiritual blessing that comes our way. Lord God, we thank you for this. So bless and use this time for those that need to make important commitments, decisions for Jesus today. Lord, your spirit that is at work right now, Lord, will lead them. And Father, lead them to you. 
We give you the praise, the honor, the glory. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.